Need a website for your business, but not looking to break the bank for one? I've got you covered. Hi, it's me, Ashley M. Lyle, founder and CEO of Blacken and host of the Black Queens on Stage podcast. And yes, I also have a website business, Sites by Lyle. I can create a dynamic website for your business that will showcase your work, wow potential clients, and close more sales. So contact me on my Instagram at Sites by Lyle to schedule your free 30-minute evaluation so we can get you started on your new website. Welcome to the Black Queens on Stage podcast, presented by Black Literature and Art Queens Network, where we bring our queens to the stage. Welcome to the podcast where we honor and acknowledge Black women performers and discuss racial issues within Michigan performing venues. I'm Ashley M. Lyle, and today I am joined with the tremendously talented Dom Exotic Dancer or Entertainer and Freestyle Rapper Pretty Teej. Hey, Pretty Teej. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? (laughs) Good. How are you? I can't complain. You know, I can't complain, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm honored. I'm honestly yeah. honored. Yeah, definitely. You know, like I was telling you before, I just recently interviewed Moses and saw yeah. that she had a podcast and I saw your picture on there. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to get in touch with her as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about your guys' podcast before we get into the interview. Okay, sure. Um, It's called Everyday Ish Pod. Um, Again, it's with myself and Moses the God. Uh, we talk about things under the categories of cultural awareness, relationships, and entertainment. So pretty much anything that falls under those categories, we try to, you know, touch on it and give our, either our personal opinions or some stats or, you know, talk about what's going on in the world um, or anything like that. But yeah, we try to, you know, empower um, our listeners and, you know, just give people advice on different topics and try to get, get your brain thinking a little bit on those type of subjects. So nice. Well, let's get into this interview then. All righty, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so explain what inspired your stage name. Oh, wow. Um, Pretty Teach. Okay, so all my life, pretty much, I've heard that I was pretty. Like, oh, my God, you're so pretty. Uh, so that's where the pretty part <laughs> came from, uh, to be honest with you. And then Teach is one of my favorite nicknames. I have a lot of them, you know, people, um, because my first name is so hard to pronounce, I either go by TJ or Teej, and Teej was just something that kind of stuck with me. Like back in high school, I think it was, somebody started to call me that. So I just combined those two, honestly, because I thought it worked really well. <laughs> okay. That, that, uh, you might as well go by something that, that'll be recognizable all the time. I like battled with the name because I felt like it needed to be maybe more special, maybe not as simple, but. I think just for the type of performer that I am, I think it, it fits me very well. So yeah, that's why I decided yeah. to just roll with the the pretty teach. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's super recognizable, super easy to remember. I just did a uh, an interview with uh, a burlesque and exotic dancer by the mm-hmm. name of Fearless Amaretto. Okay, and, and, yeah. and actually, the they have the salutation uh, Queen. 
Q-U-I-N-G. So it's a combination mm-hmm. of queen and king because and they're, they're by gender. Yep. And uh, so, so queen fearless amaretto. And they told me that their dead name, it, it means in English fearless. So they kept that and then added yeah. am- amaretto because they had a drink that was, am- I think it was the amaretto sour or something like oh, that. Oh, wow. And okay. They thought that it was just, it was just perfect because it was feminine sounding drink and it had a sweet taste, but it, it you know, it, it hits you in the back of the neck, you know? <laughs> so- yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So they... You know, they put that together, Fearless Amaretto. I'm like, that's a, a perfect stage name. That is a perfect yeah. reason to have that stage name. <laughs> yeah, I'd like that a lot, honestly. Mm-hmm. Also, someone like once told me, I was like sitting in a studio session uh, with my best friend. He's a he's an artist as well. But it was this was a while ago, but he was explaining, the guy that he was working with was explaining like how all the great kind of have like a two-part name, if you will, like Michael Jackson, Chris Brown. And it's like a ring to it. My best friend's name is Arthur Johnson. So he was trying to get him to like, you know, step into that realm of, you know, great artists, I guess you could say. So that's kind of also where the whole two part to my name thing also kind of came from as well. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So why don't you explain to our audience, what is a Dom exotic dancer? So honestly, depending on who you ask, it, you may get a different answer, but in my opinion or how I see exotic Dom dancers are masculine women who perform in a more dominant way. Um, not necessarily like you would see a entertainer who is like, on the pole entertainer, um, but more so just kind of a dominant style of entertaining. Um, Something that grabs your attention, but also can be feminine, but also not as feminine as, you know, some of the other entertainers that you may, some of the other female entertainers that you may come across. Mm -hmm. Describe your style of exotic dance and uh and your and your style of freestyle rapping honestly rapping was something i t- kind of took a break on um i do sing as well but i kind of put those two talents i guess you could say on the back burner just because i'm more passionate about dance mm-hmm. um i always tell people that i feel like i danced out of the womb um but <laughs> dom exotic dancing was not something that i started to take serious until about 2017 so just to go into like a little bit more um about like me i used to dance at some of the um lgbt parties or clubs if you will as a teenager mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I was introduced to the whole exotic world. But in 2017 is when I really started to take it serious as a craft and not just my passion. So I started to, you know, study the exotic world a lot more in 2017. So my style is a combination of hip hop dancing, a little bit of comedy in my sets, if you will. Like I like to show my personality and, you know, of course it gets a bit, you know, grown people stuff is what I like to say. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's a combination of, I'll say it's a combination of my hip hop style that I like to show my personality as far as, you know, kind of be funny or, you know, making you laugh as well as giving you an actual show. Because I feel like to be an exotic entertainer is to give the ladies a show. 
Um, so that's that's what I try to do each time I hit the stage is to actually give you a show, meaning, you know, I maybe I don't have to, you know, bring anybody out, you know, from the audience and have them participate because I really want you to, you know, be in tune with my music and the song selections that I have and things like that. I like to tell a story with my mixes. So that's why I said, like, depending on who you ask, like depending on the type of dancer that you ask, you may get a different, you know, answer. But for me and my set, I like, you know, to tell a story with my mixes. Do you also do comedic routines or do you just happen to embed comedy into your dance routine? I think I just embed it really. Um, like, honestly, I was working on a mix a little while ago and just trying to find little like snippets of maybe like comedy acts or, you know, beginnings of songs that kind of play towards, you know, the the story that I'm trying to tell. Because I, I found that when di- like different crowds want different shows, if you will, like a different states or different, you know, women around the country, they like different things. Like not all ladies like to see the same thing. So that is constantly like in my mind when I'm creating my mixes because I make my own right now. I don't do my walkout. A walkout is like your intro song and it has like breaks and and ticks and hits in it. I don't really make those, but my actual entire show, I make that myself. So I try to think about, you know, like up upcoming next week, I have a show in Vegas and their crowd is like, they'd like to be hyped up and, you know, they want to see, you know, you actually dance and, you know, they, the, your song selection and, and things like that. But like when I'm at home, like back in Detroit, it's a different vibe. I dance a little slower or, you know, I might do a local song, you know, from Detroit or something like that. So it's really just understanding. I feel like your audience, you know, has a lot to do with what I do at least. Mm-hmm. And, and that's definitely something that I want to touch on. I have a question in regards to different audience types when you're performing. Mm-hmm. So explain your process to me of preparing for a show. Like what inspires your song choice, your costume? Uh, how long do you practice for your routine? I try to do different themes. So like I said, I try to tell a story. So with this mix that I'm working on now, it's kind of hard to exp- well yeah I try to I try to just tell a story and have a theme with my story so a lot of the songs are either maybe talking about the same thing like the lyrics you know ca- kind of match each other or they kind of reference each other or it plays along with like my outfit that I have on so like for example if I have army fatigue on or camouflage I'll do like army related songs like soldier by destiny's child or you know something that mentions a lieutenant or a warrior or something like that versus if I was to do something more slow like pretty ricky your love like honey I would you know bring some honey out you know during the show so it kind of just depends on like what I see if you will because um like what I see for the show if that makes sense at all I don't know if that makes sense but Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's really based off a theme for me, at least it's based off a theme and, and my outfit kind of plays into to those songs as well. And how long do you practice your routine? You know what? I'm I'm always dancing. So I don't I don't necessarily practice like each of my mixes or sorry, each of my sets aren't rehearsed, if you will. I just like to dance. So it's not like a routine that I'm coming up with. It's just mm-hmm. really 
I let the music in my body like really do what it wants, you know, in that moment. So yes, I practice like when I practice, I, I'll play my mix and I'll just listen to it and I'll dance, you know, around the house or wherever I may be at, you know, practicing. I'll just, you know, get a feel for the music and I'll, you know, get a better understanding with my body, if you will, um, as to what I may want to do in a certain area, but it's not like a, a choreographed, rehearsed kind of routine that I do. It's all freestyle. All my sets are freestyle. So in the middle of like one of your one of your shows, if you are doing a song that incorporates food, how messy does that get? Because <laughs> <laughs> you were uh, saying that you would bring out honey. I can only imagine yeah. that you like sticking to the floor at some point. Yeah, you try to honestly, you try to bring out props towards the end of your set. So the honey, you know, kind of thing would be something I would do like towards the end of my mix. But it I mean depending on how creative you are, you know, it could, it could go either way. So like some people I've seen, like some people like do a guitar or bring a guitar out. Cause you know, in the song that they're, they're performing to, it has a guitar solo or something like that. So it really just depends on, you know, the performer themselves and what type of show they're trying to bring to the table, but it can get extremely, you know, messy when, when food is involved. I, I, I will say that, like I've witnessed a lot of towels needed and, you know, yeah, it, it can get there. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I personally have never been to like an, exo- an exotic dancer show or anything like that. Um, because I'm such I'm such a homebody. Plus, I'm, I'm yeah. too much of a, a you know a wet wet blanket. Because I <laughs> I would I would be completely uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say a lot of a lot of women you know feel that particular way so I don't I don't think you're the only one you know that feels that way but I do I do try to encourage people to go because it is a really nice time like if you've never been to a male review or you know an exotic dom review or you know any type of show of that nature I do feel like you know everybody in the world needs to get it under their belt like go one time you know just so you can see what it's about it may not be for you you know ultimately but Mm -hmm. it's a great experience I, I you know try to project that off you know on other people that you know not every entertainer is the same you know mm-hmm. you have entertainers who can't really dance but they can perform and put on a good show and you, you have like vice versa you have people who who you know can dance and can't really perform and put on a show or you have you know people that can do both they can dance and perform because it it is a difference like in a lot of people don't truly understand that in my in my opinion but yeah, I, I encourage a lot of people to to give it a try if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. So when you were doing your freestyle rap, when it was mm-hmm. a frequent moment for you, mm-hmm. is there some type of preparation or practice that you have to do to keep yourself ready for any freestyle battles or ciphers? You know, I think I would just really like either practice with myself or like have if I'm like in a car with a friend or, or something like that, I'll just, you know, start start freestyling or whatever, whatever have you. And it'll be more like a, a playful kind of thing. I think that is what helps me prepare for those more, more serious moments when I'm able to be myself and like show my true personality and, you know, not necessarily be as serious in the moment. But that's kind of how I, I really go about any type of, you know, performance that I I may have. I try to always remain myself. So I feel like being around people that know me and then being in my element, whether it be dancing or, you know, rapping or singing or whatever have you, I kind of just, you know, think about how can I remain myself in these moments? So whether it be, you know, at a cypher or, or you know, at a dance battle, whatever have you, I always want to just just be me. I don't even, I don't know if it's the way to prepare 
to be me, but that's kind of how I, I, I look at it, if that makes sense at all. Mm-hmm. So in and you know I think I I'm I'm in such awe of rappers and poets because it's a level of talent that I feel like I, I don't have in regards mm. to putting correct words together to get a proper flow. Yeah. And but to be able to to do it completely on the off the top of your head in a, in that moment I think is just yeah. light years ahead of yeah. what I could even <laughs> think of doing. So yeah. I guess my question for you is how do you know what words to rhyme with? How do you know to syncopate your words in a way to be in those rap battles or ciphers? Mm, I really think it's just a feeling. Mm-hmm. Like you said, though, not everyone can freestyle. Like I'm also a good writer. So I think writing just has a lot to do with it in general. So like I'll, you know, write a verse or whatever have you, but if I don't, if it doesn't feel right I'm not gonna want to you know share that with other people so I think it's just a feeling that you really get into to be like in your zone that's a that's a thing like people be like I'm in my zone or you know people always say that but I don't think people take that as serious as they should only because like when you're in the atmosphere of other artists you can feel that energy. Mm-hmm. You can feel another, especially another artist that, you know, you guys may make the same type of music or, you know, you talk about the same type of things. You can feed off of that energy. So like for me personally, if I'm, you know, in a cypher, I'm next to somebody and I'm really enjoying what they're saying, that's going to, you know, like pump me up to, you know, really be thinking about what kind of combination of, you know, lyrics I could be coming up with as well. So it's really like an expiring or inspiring experience, you know, just to be in the atmosphere of like other artists so I think that plays a lot into it for me personally like you know like I said like being able to be myself but also you know basking in the ambiance of you know the the whole experience I think that has a lot to do with it so Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know if it's like a a science really I think it's just I mean you know you gotta you gotta feel it you know right I mean I mean honestly I just feel like poets and rappers are just lyrical geniuses like period because I, I even as I even as I'm as I'm talking with you right now I stumble over my words constantly mm-hmm. I constantly stumble over my words and I think that's just because my mouth doesn't move as fast as my brain will allow so yeah <laughs> yeah. But yeah I I I'm I'm very uh, and I hate to use the word jealous but I am jealous because I want that ability I want yeah. it so bad <laughs> it is a skill it is a skill like not everybody can't rap like I'm right. not to sound like you know uh, a hole but you know that I feel like being a, a, a lyricist and then just knowing how to rap is two totally different things like mm-hmm. music nowadays is more so I feel like rap like rappers just rapping about anything but when you have a lyricist that can really you know put together a nice flow or really you know give you some metaphors to think about you know those are the type of artists you know that I've, I've found that I really like gravitate towards like tell me about your pain tell me about your experiences I don't want to really hear about you know jury and all of that like it's fine mm-hmm. like that's cool you know what I mean but give me some substance I like music with substance music with meaning you know music that I can relate to music that you know tells our struggles I feel like just as you know African Americans as women as men whatever have you you know I want to know 
know about it. I don't want to just, it's cool to be bouncing in the club, but you know, after the club, what are we going to listen to? Like right. that's, what, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about. So I think it's, I think it's just really the style of, you know, that particular person and how they get inspired. Cause like I said, not everybody can rap and that's just facts, honestly. <laughs> And, you know, through this journey of me interviewing uh, different Black artists, um, I've in total have interviewed three rappers, Moses included, but I've also Mm. gotten the chance to interview uh, Mona Lise and her lyricism is just astronomical astronomical she's fantastic the the song that that gravitated me towards her was her song called niggas and bills mm. and it was it was just it was just flat out where she she it was it, she calls it her petty song she said you know it's okay to have a petty song you know and i was like absolutely yeah. have your petty song because yeah. <laughs> that's the only way that you can get your frustrations out yeah but then i started listening to her other stuff and then she um recently joined up with uh another artist and it was a song in regards to black lives matter and it is so moving because she's also Mm -hmm. a poet as well an extremely talented poet and the poem that she incorporated in this song was absolutely beautiful heart-wrenching it just makes you listening not just only listening to the song but also listening to her poem makes you want to just continue to fight for what 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 we're believing in in regards to black lives mattering you yeah. know yeah the other artist that i constantly talk on my podcast because i'm such a huge fan of hers is crimson alchemist and she's okay. a nerdcore rapper so she you know she incorporates nerd culture pop culture in her in her flow and it's okay. just so cool meaning and in, in my opinion, like, yay for rappers, woo. But when I come across female rappers and then they yeah. got, you know, sick, hard ass flows. Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm so yeah. here for it. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's honestly one of the reasons like why I take so much pride in like being from Detroit. Cause it's a lot of like underground female artists that a lot of people just have no idea mm-hmm. really how talented, you know, they truly are. So like. When you have people like Moses, for example, like I'm so mad that she doesn't make music anymore because why? You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. um, I know, you know, it's a few more artists, you know, like like I can't say like her, but, you know, that are similar, you know, to her and her style and things like that. So it's like it's amazing, you know, like you said, to see those different types of artists, but also just the things that they are able to, you know, come up with either when in the studio or, you know, freestyling or if you, you know, if you're more of a writer, you know, kind of rapper is it's amazing. I, I, I honestly, sometimes I kind of regret, you know, not pushing music, you know, a little bit more, but also I feel like it's, it's, it's enough artists in Detroit, enough female artists in Detroit for it to get done. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm waiting to see, you know, just how far, how far we can go, honestly. Mm-hmm. So how do you keep your audience hype and wanting more during your dancing performances? I really think this it's the song selection like that plays so much into your show it could either hurt or or help you honestly like if you pick you know a song that none of the women in the audience know then you know they're kind of just going to be looking at you like oh what's next you know kind of thing so um I try to I like old I have an old soul so I try to do you know some of the older records or you know records that you aren't hearing nowadays um to try to hype the ladies up or you know just keep them keep them interested is really what it's about 
mainly mm-hmm. because like at a lot of so like at male review shows which are predominantly for women who like men that is always in the back of my mind like I know they're not coming here to see me specifically but you know if I give them enough of who I am I feel like at the end you know of my set they're going to remember me mm-hmm. so that's you know how I think about it. and that's the whole you know you got to know your audience's thing because you know I could go to a LGBT show and pretty much do whatever I want you know what I mean mm-hmm. but on a male review you know so that's a whole different circuit you know because as I stated those women are coming to see you know men pretty much so you got to think about okay maybe I shouldn't you know play this song that I would play you know for an LGBT audience let me play some old school keep sweat or some you know something that I know you know some of those ladies are, are probably going to be more into if you will. Yeah, and that I I bet that's really interesting to see. Now now you've piqued my interest. Now I really want to <laughs> check check something out cuz yeah. You know, it's just it's I I'm such a, a prude, you know, yeah. when <laughs> So going to see an exotic dancer show it's something that yeah. I just never really thought of seeing myself doing. It can be a um, bit much. It yeah. can be a bit much. Yeah. yeah. I just actually started watching uh, P Valley on Showtime. Okay. Mm-hmm. And no, not, I'm sorry, not Showtime. Stars on Stars. Stars, yeah. And uh, man, whew. <laughs> <laughs> for one, the, the very first episode, I was not ready to see all that booty. I'm yeah. Just, <laughs> see, I'm I haven't prepared. got a chance to like watch it on my own, but. <laughs> I have been hearing about it and, you know, seeing clips and everything, you know, mm-hmm. on social media and stuff like that. But yeah, like just to, you know, back up what you were, I feel like what you were like getting to say, like people don't really know what to expect until they actually are there or they can actually see it. Exactly. So, you know, that's why I tried to just say, hey, just just go one time. And, and if you don't like it, like that's totally fine. But mm-hmm. also keep in mind that not every entertainer that you come across is the same. So mm-hmm. not every entertainer is going to give you the show that you may have seen, you know, from the previous entertainer. So that's why I try to mm-hmm. encourage people to go because each entertainer has a different style as well as like depending on where they're from. For example, Cali dancers dance totally different from people in the Midwest and vice versa. Mm. So, that's you know, it's, it's yeah, it's it's a lot deeper than people. I feel like give it a chance to be. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. Now, mm-hmm. what does your audience normally look like when you're performing? Like, do you see an influx of, and I'm pretty sure I already know the answer to this, but I just, I gotta ask this question. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you see more of an influx of women versus men, black versus white? Um, honestly, so at the male reviews, um, which is the shows that, you know, have male dancers, of course, they don't allow men in those shows. So, mm, okay. um, it's, it's, it's really just the audience, you know, the audience is full of women. Now you do have some promoters who do throw shows that they do allow me, like not all male entertainers are comfortable dancing in front of other men, but mm-hmm. you do have you know, some men that don't mind doing that. So it can depend on the promoter. It can depend on, you know, the state that you're in or, you know, whatever have you. But for the most part for myself, it's mostly women, of course, as well as they black, white, Latina, 
you know, whatever have you. And they're mostly, I want to say over 30 a lot of times. So mm-hmm. depending on like when I went home recently in Detroit, it was a bit of a younger crowd as well as an older crowd. So it's like a mi- you know, it can be a mix of, you know, the different, different ladies that you may come across. But for the most part, it's, it's, it's strictly women. I've never danced in front of a man that wasn't a male dancer, if that makes sense mm. at all. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So how have you progressed as a Dom exotic entertainer since you, the beginning of your career? Yeah. Um. Wow. That's crazy that you asked me that. I was literally like having this conversation with myself like 10 minutes before this, but <laughs> um, just thinking about the way I used to perform in the clubs, like as a teenager, my thing was dancing. Like I'm a dancer for my little like slogan, if you will, is dancer first, entertainer second. Mm-hmm. So I look at myself as a dancer first. So now that I'm starting to learn what it is to be an entertainer, my thing is trying to incorporate both dancing and entertaining in one. Because as I stated before, you have people who can't dance, but they can perform. And then you have people who can't perform, but they can dance. Mm -hmm. I, thank God, am a mix of both. But I'm Mm -hmm. still trying to, you know, figure out exactly what I want my show to look like. So I'm thinking about like what I used to do in the clubs, like in the clubs as a teenager, it was really just dancing. Like I would make up a routine and, you know, pick one song and I would do a routine, choreograph routine to that one song. And, you know, that was it. Like that was just it. But now, like after 2017, I started to get more into, you know, telling a story with my with my set, um, buying outfits, purchasing, you know, um, different props and, 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 you know, different outfits in order to wear for the lady. So it's a, I'm still in my learning curve. If, if you could say like, even though I've been dancing all my life, pretty much the whole entertainment aspect is something that I know I still want to work on. So, you know, each day I try to think about how I can elevate my show, if you will, like literally right now I'm changing the show that I just did in Detroit. I want to add some stuff to it. I want to take some stuff out and, you know, really make it work for the type of show that I, you know, would like to put on for the lady. So I think I've grown a lot, you know, versus what I was doing in the past. But I also feel like I have so much more to learn and a lot, you know, a lot longer to go. Um, So it's, 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 it's crazy to hear people call me a rookie only because I've been dancing for so long. But I also understand the term just because, you know, I'm, I'm pretty new to the scene, but I'm not new to dancing, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So mm-hmm. yeah. Let me ask you this, and I and I ask all my guests this this type of question. Yeah. As a black woman in mm-hmm. a cis male dominated industry, what kind of obstacles and challenges have you faced because you're black and a woman, mm-hmm. and how did you overcome them? I think one of the main things is as I as I mentioned, like going to a male review and knowing that the lady most of the ladies are not there to see me. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I don't try to force the fact that I'm a lesbian on those type of audiences. Um, So I think that is one of the big things that stick out for me personally. Like I am a lesbian from my head to my feet, but not everybody that is coming to these shows, you know, agrees with that or even likes that. So I think that is one of the things that stick out the most for me, as well as maybe other entertainers, like other male entertainers who can be jealous. I didn't want to say it, but a lot of doms experience different situations with these male entertainers that kind of make it hard for us to, 
you know, continue to try to do business, you know, with, with some of these guys. So I haven't personally had an encounter with a male entertainer, but I know plenty of other Dom dancers that have where, you know, they're getting put out of events because they had an encounter with a, another male entertainer um, is, is normally due to a female, you know, of course, it's always, you know, a woman involved as, you know, the two entertainers was probably, you know, doing whatever with that young lady and it just escalated. But those are those, I mean, those are some of the things that I've, I've seen just going to a show knowing that, you know, they aren't coming to see me as well as maybe other entertainers, you know, being jealous or feeling away, you know, if, you know, maybe somebody that normally would tip them is tipping you as well. Like it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it can get pretty petty if you ask me. So like yeah. it, it's pat, it's past the level of petty that was in um, the, uh, the two magic Mike movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Honestly, magic Mike, it did, it opened people's eyes a lot to, you know, some of the things that dancers do deal with, but it's a lot, it's a lot that happens behind closed doors and Mm -hmm. just being a woman in the industry like that, that's tough enough in itself. Like Mm -hmm. it's a lot of dom dancers, you know, out here, but some of them are more popular than others. So you always see them on the show. And it's like, you know, when you're like myself, I'm trying to it's out there like my name is out there but I'm pushing to get it more out there so it's like Mm -hmm. it can get you know kind of frustrating to continue to see those same you know doms on the flyer and it's like well y'all don't get tired of seeing the same people like I got I got some stuff too over here you know what I'm saying but I think it's really just you know understanding the industry in itself like what it is to be an entertainer but yeah it's it it can get crazy behind closed doors but I'm I'm not the type to dwell into any of that like I like to stay to myself like we can be cordial and you know I'll network with people that I need to network with but you know I'm not out here in these women faces you know like a lot of entertainers be like I'll I'll speak to you we can hug you know say what's up we can have a conversation but that's that's it for me and Mm -hmm. it doesn't always work like that you know with other entertainers and that is what causes you know people to clash so Mm -hmm. just me you know seeing that and you know not experiencing for myself but just seeing it it's just it's enough for me to you know 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 what I need to do and what I don't need to do at at these shows so it, it sounds like what you're saying is that a lot of the male dancers not a lot, but some of the male dancers don't know how to separate their their sex work from their real life. Yeah, that is a thing. Yes, ma'am. Interesting. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Have you? I ever- mean, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like like I said, not all male dancers are the same, but a real entertainer or a real you know performer is very passionate about what they do Mm -hmm. so you have people that love to perform because that's what they love to do and then you have other entertainers who love to do it for the wrong reasons like the money and the women and all the attention that you get Mm -hmm. so it's it's really just depending on the individual and you know what they what they see themselves doing I guess you could say is is kind of a way to put it but yeah have you ever felt like you had to work twice or three times as hard? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially at the male reviews, like at LGBT events, everybody is pretty much a lesbian. So, you know, I know they want to see me. Maybe they don't want to tip, you know, as much, but, you know, I know they don't have a problem with me, you know, shaking my tail feather because they like women too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at, at going to some of these male shows, um, it's always that thought in the back of my mind, like, you know, how can I, again, how can I elevate my show? Because I know, you know, they probably aren't really coming to see me. Like some women, yeah, like they they understand 
that it is a show, you know, that we're putting on. So they don't mind it, you know, but it's some women who like, oh, I don't, you know, I ain't never like women and I, you know, so they, they think of it in that particular aspect, not thinking of it as I'm an entertainer too, just like these guys out here. So that, that is, that is a struggle. I feel like, you know, women assuming that you're trying to, you know, project your sexuality on them when at the end of the day, no, I just like to entertain. Right. What you're saying, it kind of reminds me of what uh, the character Mercedes in P Valley says all the time. She says that she's here to create that fantasy, yep. you know, just to create that fantasy for people to enjoy. And that's it. That's it. And I know that. They're like, I know I'm here to, you know, give you a fantasy. So women, some women show up expecting more than a fantasy. And I'm not the entertainer for that. So mm. when you got those guys that, you know, like you said, are mixing business with pleasure, that's when a lot of the crazy antics and all of that start to come into play. Mm -hmm. Because people forget that the job is to sell a fantasy. When you're an entertainer, that is the point of being an entertainer is to sell these women or, you know, whoever your audience is a fantasy. It's not about going home with you at the end of the night. Cause I'm not doing that. So, mm -hmm. you know, some people have, have forgotten that, you know, over the years, I feel like that has been lost in, in the industry a little bit. Like, thankfully, you know, it's some entertainers that do still understand that, but also, like I said, it's a lot, it's a lot it, male and female entertainers that, you know, be out here taken away from the fantasy, you know, when we all supposed to be providing one is, is what I'm, is what I'm going to say. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so explain a moment when you had to deal with a heckler in the audience. Mm. I wouldn't maybe consider it like a heckler. Like they weren't speaking to me directly, but I have very good ears. And of course, not everybody around me knows that at all. But I was, you know, Dan, I was performing like, I want to say maybe like two minutes into my into my set. And I overheard a young lady basically just explaining the fact that she don't like, you know, girls. She don't even understand why, you know, they would allow me on the show kind of thing. And it was just, I chuckled on the inside, but by the end of my show she was up giving me a tip so mm -hmm. I just didn't under like I laughed you know about it but that'd be the thing like a lot of women when they see a, a stud dancer they automatically assume that oh I'm trying to turn everybody in the, in the crowd into a lesbian it's just like no I'm here to give you a show just like these men are here to give you a show so yeah it was it was just a funny experience for me um it didn't really make me feel away because like I said I like I have that mindset in the back of my head all the time, especially with male reviews. But it was just interesting to, you know, really, I, I, I was like dancing by her. So not in, like in front of her, but I was, you know, over in her area. And then I heard it and, you know, I went on to, you know, finish my show. And then I look up and she was standing over me, tipping me. So it was just like, mm -hmm. make up your mind, I guess. Yeah. I don't really, you know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just... It's so interesting because when you, as you were talking about how some of these male dancers are, you know, going past beyond what, beyond the scope of their actual profession yeah. and taking and bringing business in, into pleasure and vice versa to, yeah. to me, that, that sounds like that's a level of uh, male toxicity mm. because it, it feels like, you know, we, we, as humans, we all have that tendency where it's hard for us to actually separate our, our job from our lives because yeah. that job is so is so ingrained into our life Consumes whether it, you, yeah. you know whether if it's a career or if it's like your lifelong 
uh, like your lifelong career or just a job, something for you to get some money for. Right. But to be a to be a sex worker like an exotic dancer, and then to take that past the actual job description and to mess around with a client, you know that that's that's a level of uh, male toxicity that is just like I don't know how it's to. Very, it's, it's, it's very. It's very controlling. To, yeah. It's very controlling. Like yeah. like 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 I. I don't want to make it sound like like the whole industry is just you know right to shit but you do have some entertainers who are telling you know their supporters like you can't tip anybody but me and what? yeah like that that has been a thing <laughs> that has been a thing and my thing is I don't I me personally I want you to enjoy yourself if you come in to see me that's totally fine but tip who you would like to tip like I don't you work hard for your money I can't tell you what you can and can't do with your money but again when you start, you know, involving actual sexual relations, okay, outside of the fantasy that we're supposed to be providing, yes, people feel like they can control, you know, other people and tell them, you know, what they can and can't do or who they can and can't support. And it causes friction. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be any friction in this industry. I don't feel like that's my personal opinion. Like we, it's yeah. enough money out here for all of us. Okay. So all that, you know, oh, I don't want you doing this, or I like, come on, why, why, why does it have to be that way? Yeah, we should all, need. yeah, exactly, that's exactly. Like everybody's I was there. Shocked. I was shocked to even find that out. Like, how can you even, as a grown man or woman, how can you tell another grown man or woman what they can and can't do with their money? Like, I don't, I don't even know how to understand that in my own brain. So I was really shocked to hear like some of the stuff that you you know hear with some of these entertainers out here it's crazy Mm -hmm. it's crazy that is crazy so what kind of moral support do you get for your artistic career (laughs) so my family is a lot more supportive than I assumed them to be Mm. only because my grandparents were well when I was born they were off into the church so um, <laughs> that's pretty much, you know, what what they, you know, instilled in, in me, if you will. Um, so again, when I started taking it more serious in 2017, I felt a way because I'm like, what is granny going to think about me, you know, shaking my tail feather and, you know, I don't really take my clothes off either. And I think that also has a lot to do with the way that I was raised. Like it took mm-hmm. me a while to start wearing pasties and like pulling, you know, maybe pull my little bra down for a little second. Like I, I wasn't doing that, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm learning that it's a part of the whole entertainment aspect. So my family, you know, they'll, they'll share videos and they'll, you know, shout me out like, Hey, you know, if you need a, a dancer or whatever have you, but I didn't, I didn't expect it to be that way. I was assuming, mm-hmm. you know, that they would not really, you know, be for it, honestly, just because, you know, I am a lesbian and, you know, I, I, they know that more than anybody. So mm-hmm. it was, it was always a thought in the back of my mind, like, how is my family going to feel about the fact that I'm out here doing this? But, you know, when I actually started to do it and they realized I was serious, you know, and I'm promoting myself and I'm carrying myself in a certain way, I think that is what, you know, allowed them to be more secure with it in themselves, if you will, mm-hmm. and just, you know, ultimately look at it for something that I enjoy doing. So I I appreciate my family and my friends also for that, like close friends. Um, I, I've, at first, when I started doing it, I did think 
about like how people would feel or what people would think about me doing it only because I had stopped dancing like I, I wasn't dancing in the clubs you know for a couple of years I had like put it off like oh that's lame who about to be doing that you know what I mean kind of thing but mm-hmm. I, I I don't know I've always been passionate about it and I think that comes through when I dance so I think that has a lot to do with why people are so supportive um in general do you think that you would ever uh venture into other stage performance uh genres like burlesque or or uh, drag performance or go-go dancing you know i i would go-go dance i would for sure go-go dance only because i feel like i mean that's who wouldn't want to go-go dance i don't know but that's <laughs> that's, that's something I, I i thought about doing like like that's popular more popular out here on this side like i'm in phoenix like on this you know side of the world i feel like in cali and stuff like that you do see a lot of stud go-go dancers like that's a thing that's not a thing in Detroit you know what I mean so mm-hmm. it's 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 really about I guess you know what ultimately what that individual is willing to do I have considered maybe doing like a, a I don't want to say a drag show but like a like I'll dress up like Usher and do a couple Usher songs I don't really know what to categories you know categorize that as but I thought about doing you know something like that but um I mean I don't I know if I honestly just go full out and and with with the fake beard and you already yeah. <laughs> lined up anyway so yeah you know just do the whole thing and <laughs> yeah it's a thought you know it's honestly been a thought because like mm-hmm. like in Detroit um there is a club called Gigi's and they do those oh, yeah. type of shows I love Gigi's yeah. love yeah. Gigi's. so <laughs> I have thought about you know trying to show my face in there a, a couple of times but I think I don't know if it was just you know with the whole move out of state thing or just you know trying to really get my set together you know as an entertainer as I kind of like strayed away from that but like I said out here in Phoenix I, I'm sure it's a, it'll be an opportunity and I'm I'm an opportunist so I, I try anything once I feel like but mm-hmm. I would I would definitely do the go-go and definitely maybe like the drag show I don't really know what to call it when it's not like a drag queen doing it but drag king yeah. you would be you would drag be a king. drag okay. king drag king well yeah, yeah I would I would do something like that mm-hmm. for sure I would do something like that and I, I was actually speaking to a burlesque performer who's also uh, a drag performer. And okay. uh, I was telling them that, like, I have a, a secret desire to do a drag king performance. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Do it. I want I to do, do, like, something something either related to Bruno Mars or do mm. Bruno Mars drag king performance. Something. One, yes. of, one of the two, but... You know, I'm for that. I am for that. <laughs> yes, do it. I like incurred like do it. You know, if you feel like you want to go ahead and do it. Burlesque. I love like the movie burlesque. Mm-hmm. So if it was like maybe a more masculine form of it. Yeah, I probably would get my ass up there and do that, too. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, and, and sure. I think I think that's where a huge difference lies because I've seen I've seen some some male burlesque performers they, and they call it boylesque. Um, okay. I've seen that, wow. you know, it still has a, a slight feminine quality to it, but yeah. it's still really interesting to, to see it where, it, and it's the same way with, with drag as well. Cause I've seen, you know, I've seen drag King performances and it's, and it's a complete vibe. It's a complete vibe yeah. difference versus drag Queens, you know, yeah. same thing with boylesque versus burlesque or burlesque. You see more females or people with those with with feminine like bodies that are doing burlesque and it does have that feminine quality 
I'm using air quotes <laughs> to yeah. create that same fantasy, much like yeah. what drag king performances do, or even with exotic dancing entertainment, for example, yeah. your your profession, you yeah. know. So, but I feel like with exotic dan- exotic entertainers, there's more of a flexibility between the so-called uh gender definitions quote unquote yeah for exotic dancers because you can you can be you can be a feminine exotic dancer or a masculine exotic dancer so there's still that it's it feels like it's much wider than yeah. it's like for burlesque or for drag yeah and also like that's why i was saying like a lot of entertainers have their own style like Mm -hmm. for example it's this this entertainer her name is rush the hybrid and she is a dom entertainer but it's a very feminine dom act if you will like Mm. you know she is going to pull a you know young lady out of the crowd and you know you're going to get all of that but like while she is dancing she dances very feminine versus something like you know somebody like myself or you know some of the other doms out here I'm not about to twerk like I'll I'll pop my little butt that I do got but I'm not gonna be twerking and you know doing all all the things that she would do so that's why I say like each entertainer brings something different to the table I feel Mm -hmm. like you know and and that goes along with just the whole you know drag queen drag king uh the whole ballroom scene as well like pose you know opened the show pose opened up mm-hmm. you know so many doors i feel like mm-hmm. just for you know entertainers or you know performers or whatever have you because you know it gives it gives people you know a, a, a place to feel like they belong to i feel like so i think it all i think it all plays a part in you know in what it is that we do like mm-hmm. you know whether you're on the ballroom scene or you know you're lgbt or q or straight or whatever have you or whatever you're a male exotic entertainer or a dom or you know feminine you know entertainer i think it's we're all a family it's just you know different ways of you know being in that particular family because i i was approached about like being in the house a couple of times like they wanted me to do i think it's called um stud realness or something like that i went to the woodward i went to the woodward one time and he was like he thought i was a guy and i'm like yeah no i got titties under here and he was like oh my god <laughs> you would do so good in my house and you know whatever and i'm just like i don't that's not the same like i probably like i said i probably would do anything like once but it's just like that wasn't the road like i saw myself you know going down like I, i'm sure it would be fun you know what i mean like i would enjoy it i would get a chance to network and you know all of that but i would much rather actually put on a show you know what i mean versus is just winning you know like winning a trophy I guess you could say but mm-hmm. you know it's 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 different aspect and also like again with the whole pose in ballroom scene like have you been to the Woodward in Detroit I have not I would go on a Monday mm. it's not gonna be like an exotic show so don't be scared but um <laughs> they do have you know they do have ballroom shows at the Woodward so I would I try to encourage people to go like if you if you watch pose or you're a fan of pose and you know you kind of want to get you know a feel of the barroom scene go to the woodward on a mm-hmm. monday mm-hmm. they have show they have you know performers they have shows both um transgender and you know gay if you have you know whatever have you but yeah i would i would definitely check check that out first so let's do you know you go to the woodward first baby and steps. then maybe you come <laughs> yeah baby steps exactly baby steps <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, just so you can get a feel. Uh-huh. Just a feel. Yeah. Is the, is the ballroom scene at the Woodward something? Uh, is it is it anything or is, is it anything like what Gigi's does, or is it a much more extravagant? If you go to the Woodward, I feel like you'll be able to relate 
to what they're doing a lot more if that makes sense so okay so at the woodward they they incorporate more black culture there than they do at gg's yep gotcha absolutely gotcha yes absolutely you go to the woodward and you'll truly understand i feel like you know that the world of ballroom a lot more than you may if you were to go to gg's i feel like just because it's it's a lot more upfront and in your face Mm -hmm. at the woodward i feel like they're performing in its real original state because i mean the the ballroom started with black drag queens yep so yeah so it's it's in its original state yep and the 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 lip sync category is one of my favorite categories i love it lip sync i love it i love it when when they're precise with their lip syncing because i've seen some where they're not precise at all and then it's just yeah like an absolute train wreck (laughs) and that see and that's why i said i feel like we're all a family because you could Mm. you could have an entertainer get up on stage and you just be like what the hell (laughs) what is happening you know what i mean so it's like it all plays a part like it all plays a part so it's yeah i'm yeah yeah i've i've had a couple of those situations like what is what are they doing up there like i don't even do you lip sync at all in your performances um yeah i of course i like sing the words you know to the lyrics so Mm -hmm. i guess you could say yeah it's a bit of a lip sync but I like blackout when I perform. So I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. there, but I'm not there. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely singing along. Mm-hmm. What kind of mistakes have you made in your career as a entertainer? And how are you a better artist because of it? I feel like I have a big heart so I can be nice. And people. I've learned that people need to respect you as an entertainer and what you bring to the table. So not, not being so nice to these promoters and, you know, these people that want me to come out. I've learned that maybe getting a contract is a, is a good thing, you know, as an entertainer, just so they know, you know, your stipulations and, you know, your guidelines when you come to these different cities um, but also just just dealing with different types of people and different types of promoters and entertainers you know that's something that I'm still working on for myself like I know it's not always about the money for me so that plays a big part into how I choose to go to some of these cities and you know some of these shows mm-hmm. um, so I'm still trying to put my foot down in what I expect you know from others and not necessarily what I'm going to bring to the table you like for your event so mm-hmm. my struggle is really just putting my foot down in you know my demands as an entertainer if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah definitely put your put your foot down when yeah to get paid yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure no for sure because but like you know each each promoter that you may come across they may handle you know their things differently like not every promoter is you know trying to you know book you to come out they just want you to come out kind of thing right so it's like you know you gotta you gotta really just pay attention to those those situations that you may come across that are more beneficial to the promoter and not necessarily beneficial to you like I've had a couple of those instances like I've went to an event without being booked for it like he didn't pay me to come I just you know came and I was expecting the crowd and everything you know all of that to be a lot more than it was so I found myself being a little disappointed but also so it was okay because I did get a chance to network with other entertainers. I did get a chance to, you know, get, gain a lot more supporters from going to the show. But also, like I said, I'm still learning that there has to be some type of guidelines drawn, you know, when when you're dealing with these promoters. Mm-hmm. 
my my mentor because i'm an actor myself my okay. mentor he hmm. told me a long time ago that your that your art needs to be paid for it yeah. your art needs to be paid for i was doing a lot of community theater and he said honey this is cute and all but why the hell are you still doing community theater yeah you you need to be paid for your art and if it wasn't for my mentor i wouldn't be a professional actor right now yeah you know yeah and that's that's something i thought about like maybe i should be you know trying to uh, be a mentee to you know some of these dance or at least one of these dancers that's you know kind of been in the game a little bit longer you know than I have but also I feel like I should be finding my own way Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so um I like I said I do take into consideration advice that you know other entertainers have given me when it comes to you know dealing with entertainers and contracts and or I'm sorry promoters and contracts and things but also for me because I am like trying to get my name out a lot more certain things you know I don't mind it you know not being on the table if you will so it's like I'm trying to find a balance in between getting my name out there but also putting my foot down and you know having these expectations because I am an entertainer and I do think you know bring things to the table Mm -hmm. so you know being paid for my art is something that I can't say it always happens as it should but in the direction that I'm going, you know, that that's where I'm headed. It's like, yeah, we, I'm not coming for free. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. 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 What do you think your greatest accomplishment in your career is thus far? Oh, wow. Honestly, I felt like I did a lot of traveling last year. Like in 2019, I had a lot of different shows in a lot of different cities. Um, So that was an accomplishment for me only because I wasn't doing that in the previous years. Mm -hmm. Um, Like 2017, I was dancing at club ice in Detroit you know with the guys and that kind of died down so I was you know looking for opportunity really and I found it you know at a couple of places you know in Detroit you know we was you know having parties and you know throwing shows but it still wasn't you know really what I was trying to get out of it so in 2019 I feel like that's really when things kind of started to turn for me as far as you know getting my name out more and people noticing me you know a lot more so um Mm -hmm. Just being able to travel um, in, in that year and network with the people I was able to work with um, now, you know, as at the point I'm at right now, I feel like it, it's paying off because I'm, you know, starting to get in touch with more promoters and, you know, I'm gaining, you know, that following that you will want as an entertainer, you know, people are asking me, you know, what cities am I going to be in and, you know, things like that. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's been a, pro- it's been a process and I'm still progressing like in my progress, but yeah, I'm definitely, it's still, it's still a learning process. Like, you know, every day I feel like I learn something new about the industry and just about the people that are in it, but also looking back at how far I've come since 2017. Cause that's really like the time frame that I give myself, even though, like I said, I've been dancing, you know, in the clubs way before that for, for, you know many of years but 2017 is really when I started to consider myself as a dom dancer so from that point up until now I've yeah I've, I've come a long way honestly in a short in a short time I've come a long way mm-hmm. so what what advice do you have for aspiring exotic entertainers you got to put yourself out there everything starts with self we always say that on our show on our podcast everyday ish um, everything starts with self so if you know in your heart that you are passionate 
okay let me back up a little bit uh first (laughs) first please do it for the right reasons Mm -hmm. okay don't try to be an entertainer for the money because it's not always there it's not always there and that's just a fact you have entertainers that's been dancing for you know 20 plus years and they may make 50 dollars in a night so Mm -hmm. don't start to do it for the wrong reasons if you have a passion for dancing or for entertaining or you know just being in front of a crowd I feel like that is your start. Next, you want to put yourself out there. You know, promote yourself, get some outfits, you know, get some flyers out here, start to reach out, you know, to promote. That's what I was doing as, you know, I started to, you know, reach out. I Instead of waiting on a promoter to come to me, I will reach out to a promoter and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm a rookie or I'm the, you know, rookie of the year in Detroit. You know, do you have any shows that you may, you know, consider? You got to you got to put yourself out there and just promote, 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 be confident. You know, don't don't try to be like anybody else. Your set is your set and just keep your foot on the gas, I guess you could say, because that's that's really how I try to look at it. Like I want to be who I am while I perform, but also, you know, I want to give the ladies what they come to see. So it's like if you can figure out a way to combine all of that for you, though, like I know the way I do it, but figure out the way that you need to do it for yourself. And yeah, you look up in in no time. You'll be out here. Mm-hmm. You'll be right out here. So. I have my final question for you, and it's called The Queen's Request. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I would like for you to uh, suggest to me one or two Michigan Black performer, Black women performers in any genre, whether it, if it's burlesque or rap or dance, whatever, that we should be keeping an eye out for. I feel like, okay, well, Moses would have been one, but she she doesn't <laughs> perform anywhere. So Girl Flex, um, she is also another dime entertainer in Detroit. She is the actual king, the queen of Detroit. I'm the prince dime of Detroit. So definitely be on the lookout for my guy, Girl Flex. And wow, I got too many rapper friends. And I feel like, okay, I'm going to go with Dooley. Dooley Rada. Um, she's a rapper. Look out for her. She's her style is very similar to Moses. Moses is a lot more like smooth and chill, you know, not as as hood. Uh, Dooley has a little bit more of a street side, I would say. So those would be my two girl flex and Dooley Rider. OK, now, is there anything that you would like to promote, like social media or a website? Yeah, I mean, all my platforms. I try to get, you know, followers on, on Instagram. I have two pages on Instagram. Um, one of them is Pretty Teach. That's like my personal page or, you know, where I, you know, put just regular posts, if you will. My other page is the One Woman Show 3, the number three. Um, that is where I post, you know, all of my exotic content. So those are my personal pages. Then, of course, the podcast, Everyday Ish. You know, we're on everything, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I do have, I'm trying to work on a site, so I don't have an official website just yet. We'll talk. I think that has a lot. Yeah. We'll okay. Talk. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> well, yeah. Follow me, you know, on social media. Pretty Teach. The One Moment Show 3 or Everyday Ish Pod. I'm on Facebook as well. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. You know, you have opened my eyes to the world of exotic entertainment. Yes, <laughs> that is the goal. That is the, my goal. I want to thank you so much for having me. Honestly, yeah. it's an honor. Yeah, it's definitely. Honor. Yeah, this this was really great. And I I, I appreciate you wholeheartedly for, for coming on here and, and just, just chatting with me for an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. No problem at all. Not a problem at all. Thank you so much. Oh, no. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. You can find Black Queens On Stage podcast and Black Literature and Art Queens Network at blackqueensonstage.com and blaqn.org. Follow me on Instagram at blaqn show Michigan, on Facebook at blaq show Michigan, and on Twitter at blaqnmi. You can find all this info in the show notes. Please rate the show and leave a review on Apple Podcast or on Podbean to let me know what you think of the show. Thanks again. Until next time.